Welcome everybody to Hashtag Blessed. Today we have with us a very woman who's very special and dear and dear to my heart, Mariah Sievers, someone who I've worked with very intimately over the last several months with, and she is going to be talking to us about how to use our intuition. How do we hone into our own intuition in our own lives and learn to trust ourselves and that inner voice. So we also have with us, of course, Kate. Hola. Hi, hi Kate. And so Mariah, uh, why don't we just start off? I'd love to hear just a little bit about your background and what we're going to be talking about today. Awesome. Thank you. Well, really wonderful to be here with you. I appreciate the introduction. And yeah, I, I'm happy to share a little bit about how I ended up on this very unusual journey of the soul. And that all started with being kind of a sensitive little girl and just noticing a lot that was going on around me and feeling a lot of what was going on around me. And now we have such a great language for it. But when I was a little kid, nobody really talked about what that was. These days, we have this, this terminology around being an empath, being able to feel other people's feelings, being able to kind of sense what's going on with others. And from the time I was little, that was something that I was constantly doing. And it was based out of a, a need to keep myself safe in my environment, just kind of read the read the room, read the people around me, just make sure things were, you know, were okay. So out of that came uh, maybe even a hypersensitivity to noticing what's going on and being very, very observant. Uh, that journey took me all the way through college and you know, trying to learn about the psychology of humans, how we operate at a mental level. And I still felt like there was something not quite being defined, like there was so much more to us than just how we think. And I ended up out on a tiny rock in the middle of the Pacific Ocean out in Hawaii in a beginner's meditation class that actually was teaching about how to hone in on intuitive abilities and how to be able to identify on an energetic level what's mine and what's somebody else's. So that really was a foundation for me being able to branch out into the world and help other people identify and work with their intuition. That gave me language. It gave me kind of a toolbox. And it helped me realize that this level of sensitivity and perception and awareness is something that we all have. But many of us begin to turn it off when we're little kids because we're told, no, no, don't see that. Don't sense that. Don't talk about that. You don't have, you know, the ability to notice what's going on with the adults. We don't want you to. So, you know, shut it down or we get into school and we're told, get in a line, be quiet, straighten up, conform. So a lot of that free flowing creativity and that sensitivity and the ability to kind of notice what's going on in a bigger sense is continuously shut down. And so many adults find themselves having these really powerful intuitive hits on something, kind of that gut reaction, and then they don't know what to do with it. Do I trust this or do I not trust this? Because I've been told for so long that it's something I'm, I'm not supposed to listen to, or I should listen to society at large, or my parents, or the programming of, of the world. 
So it's kind of a a fun journey of self-exploration that led to being able to help others drop in and really deepen their own ability to hear themselves. Well, that's really great. Thank you for breaking that down. And one of the things that came up for me in in talking about that is what does intuition even really mean? Uh, You know, and I think in my own world, that's one of the questions I've had to answer and something that through the work you and I personally have done together has become much clearer, you know, and I guess the way I would look at it is the intuition is the, it's that little voice, the little knowing inside of us that gives us information, that, that gut feeling about something that says, okay, maybe I should do this or I shouldn't do this. Or, you know, today we're going to go this way to work instead of going that way. Or, you know, the conversation of like, I need to talk to this person or, you know, all those little bits and pieces that come up in our everyday lives that happen over and over and over again that, like you said, you know, get, we get ended up pushing away, pushing into another place. But I'd be curious to hear how you would define intuition. Great question. Yeah, I define intuition in this context as your inner operating system, your inner guidance system. It's kind of like the, the GPS for, the, for your soul. And if you imagine that your body is like the vehicle that you're going to drive around and your soul or your consciousness is then getting into that vehicle and having to operate it, your intuition is sort of the navigation system. And it, it is being informed by a lot, of different, uh, a lot of different information. You could go left, you could go right, you could go forward, you could go backwards. You can go in all the different directions that you want. You have the freedom to decide which way to go. But when you're really clear about where you want to go, that's usually, and you think about this in terms of even putting a destination in your map. And you have a few different apps these days you can, you can use to map your way to a location. And as you put it in, sometimes it'll give you like three different options. It'll say, well, do you want to go this way? It's going to be six more minutes. Or do you want to go that way? It's three less miles. So you get to make choices based on speed or length of time. And all of that is uh, in this analogy, it kind of goes back into the self. How clear are you being? about the path you're on, the direction you want to go, the speed at which you want to get there, the certainty that you have about navigating it. So that intuition is that inner guidance system. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, there's a lot of outside information that can come in and throw us off our path and distract us and and give us detours and send us down back alleys or over bumpy country roads. <laughs> and then there's a sense of like, oh no, am I, am I still going the direction that I want? What is this? Why have I been th- thrown off? So intuition is your most intimate ability to get quiet enough to hear that inner guidance system and to know that it's coming from your soul and not being informed by the static that's all around you. And this is where practices such as calming the body, getting to a very quiet place. And for some people that looks like meditation. For other people that can look like taking a nice hot bath and just 
getting their nervous system to be still for a little bit. And then the clarity comes or even a shower and the clarity comes when they're in the shower. So there are different ways that you can, you can get calm and quiet and centered and bring the focus entirely back to hearing your higher self or your inner voice direct you. I think that's all really, you know, those are all really amazing insights. And one of the things that I personally have struggled with is how do we tell which voice is ours? You know, you said something earlier on, like, how do we tell what's ours and what's not? Like, yeah. What? Can I, <laughs> can I expand on that question a little bit? Yeah, sure. Uh, because <clears throat> I think I have a post, I think I have a post somewhere where I ask people. So I went on this whole hunt of asking all of my, I feel like I'm the most indecisive person in the world. So I once went around and did a study and asked all my friends that I thought were super decisive, like how did they come to their decisions? Um, because I, th- I think the biggest thing I struggled with was how do I know when it's my intuition speaking and how do I know when it's like the fear, like the ego voice? Because sometimes when the intuition speaks, there's still fear around it right? Because it's a big step or it's a change of direction or like you're, you've said, it's going against the grain of every all the programming that I've, everything I've learned or what anyone would tell me to do. And so sometimes there's, it's that, but there's still apprehension. Um, so when is it the, some, when is it the voice, the intuition? And when is it the other, how do you, is there like a test for that? Are there questions to ask? Is there, you know, how do you know the difference? I love that. And uh, it actually leads in beautifully to what I didn't yet mention, and that is your feelings or your emotions. So we're not just our body and we're not just our, our intellect or our higher self. We're also a whole system and circuitry of emotions. And I like to think of the emotions like the control panel in the vehicle. Right, so your emotions are going to accelerate or decelerate you. Um, it's your brakes, it's your gas. Right, so the emotions are also determining the speed at which you move through something. And if a person goes into fear, what happens? Usually, if we have fear, we stop moving. We go into resistance. We start to freeze up. Our our bodies get tense. So even at a physiological level, there's a resistance and a holding back. Why, you know, I'm scared. I don't think I should make this choice. I don't want to move forward in this. And so the emotions are giving the feedback loop. They're the temperature gauge for the body and kind of telling the body, move ahead, slow down. And what's interesting about that is where you as an individual have what's really, really true for you and then you have, let me just say, like the almost like the big shoulder bag full of everybody else's truth. Okay. So, what that looks like is people have informed you based on their ethical, moral, social belief. And that starts when you're a little kid. Like I said, when you get into to grade school, you're, you're told that things have to be a certain way, like you need to color the trees green. Instead of taking that purple color crayon, and then you grow up later and you find out that they're actually beautiful purple trees called jacarandas, and you were perfectly on track coloring your tree purple and not green. (laughs) 
So it's kind of an interesting process of going back through and actually kind of unpacking or taking things out of that shoulder bag of where other people have told you how to live your life. And the way that you do that is you kind of have to do that gut check. Does this feel good to me? And if it doesn't feel good, what's coming up? Like, what's the emotion that I'm feeling? And as you start to sit with that emotion and move it through your body and bring yourself back to a calm state again, then it's like, oh, actually, I'm afraid of succeeding because I'm really scared of letting my parents down by choosing this creative artistic path. And they want me to be over here being, you know, a a doctor. And so if I go over here and I succeed as a, as a musician, then maybe I'll disappoint them. So now there's a feedback loop at an emotional level of wanting to do something for somebody else's uh, expect to meet somebody else's expectation. And that's kind of where a person can glitch out. It's like two operating systems trying to happen at the same time and they're just short circuiting each other. So there, that ability to really hear yourself and know what's true for you and to sit with also all the, the pain and discomfort of all the times in your life where you made choices trying to please other people, trying to satisfy their expectations, trying to match up to who they think you should be. All of that will surface and it can, it can get in the way of you really honoring who you are and what I call your truth, that, in, that ability to really hear yourself and what you need to do in that moment. Yeah, so one of the things that's coming up for me regarding that whole conversation is, is as far as feeling goes, and one of the things I've learned to trust in my own intuition is when I feel good, when I get that hit of I'm doing something and what I'm doing, I feel lit up by it. It feels good to me. I'm in flow. I'm in the moment. That That's usually my intuition telling me this is the way you need to go. This is the right thing for you. And trusting that those feelings are doing the right thing. And I, for a long time, I would, you know, if I was going out somewhere, I would walk into a room or walk into, you know, it would be at a, be at a club or even just going out for dinner. And sometimes I would just feel weird. I would feel off. And one of the things that I realized that there was parts of my intuition that were picking up on things that weren't quite right. Like the the energy of a place, or the little voice in the background that was telling me, you know, uh, you know, we're going out for Italian, but what I really wanted was Japanese. I know these are all kind of like little trite examples, but I think it's really indicative of us learning to trust that emotional guidance system, as you said, the that that inner barometer that lets us know what we're doing is either on track and in alignment or not in alignment, and. For me personally, that's been a really interesting development in, you know, and particularly working with you, Mariah, and you know more about me than uh, most do, <laughs> and have been able to really help guide me into a place where learning to trust my, my feelings and emotions and intuition again, or even not even again, like really newly, to be honest, in a way where... You know, if something doesn't feel good for me, or if there's something that is showing up as, you know, either anxiety and or 
um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, we can edit this. <laughs> but like if it's something either making me feel anxious or upset or angry, that those are all really good guideposts along the way to tell me, hey, you know, you may be going down the wrong road. Maybe you should take a right here instead of taking a left. And learning to trust those little bits and pieces has been um, really quite invaluable in a lot of ways. And sometimes it's confusing because, you know, I still get to a place where I don't know which voice is which, and then I have to stop and center and, and listen again. But I think one of the things I'm really curious to know is for people who don't really know much about intuition or even listening to themselves, how can they even get started on this journey to look at applying some of this in their own lives? Oh, well, let's start right now. <laughs> There's no like the present. On the court. <laughs> because I just want to also really be uh, present to the fact that we're, we, we are speaking about this from an intellectual level. Yes. And trying to understand it at a conceptual level. And that's often where people do lose track. You know, you can have a very powerful, uh, incredibly insightful, analytical mind that has gotten you this far in your life. And it's the part of you that allows you to question things and, and test things and really be your own inner science, science teacher. And like, what is this? And I need data and I need proof and I need evidence. You already have all of the evidence that you would ever need regarding your intuition. And that goes right back to your childhood. So anyone listening and, you know, obviously if you're driving right now, please be mindful of that. But if you're at home and you're listening and it's comfortable to do so, you can go ahead and bring out that scientific part of yourself and test this for yourself, which is to just close your eyes and and kind of go into a quiet space inside of yourself. And even as you do that, you might notice that it's hard to concentrate or there's a bit of static around you, just all the to-do lists, or maybe you're in a, an environment where there's a lot of other people around. But if you can, just kind of bring your attention right around your body and allow yourself to feel calm for a moment. You might even need a visual pathway to release some of that static. You can just use your imagination and pretend like you're sitting on top of one of the world's largest waterfalls when it goes all the way down into the earth. And any person or expectation, anything that feels a little incongruent in your world, just put it into a little kayak and send it down that waterfall. One of the things that allows our body to get calm is knowing that we're looking after it, that we're attending to its needs. So creating this grounding connection from the base of your spine, the very end of where all your nerves exit, and then bring that all the way down to the center of the planet. And you can just kind of imagine that you're sitting in a little bubble and you can tuck that bubble in like a shirt into pants. Tuck it right into your grounded connection. Just allow for your body to get calm just for right now, just for these few brief seconds of your life that there's nothing else to do but be in this calm and quiet bubble. And then imagine yourself as a little kid. Imagine yourself as that four-year-old or three-year-old 
if you can't quite imagine that, and maybe five years old, outside playing. And just go back into that place where you see yourself running, laughing. And every decision you're making is being led by the good feeling and the curiosity. Do you go up the side, down the side, running around on the playground? You stop and visit with another little friend. You playing ball. Are you laughing? Did you bump yourself? Are you crying? Just notice that as you're in this childlike wonder and this flow state, anything that happens, anything that informs your body, was an instant feedback loop. Maybe you do fall down and skin yourself and you cry. And then you get up and you start running again and playing again. You don't sit there and cry and cry and cry and cry all the way through one whole day and into the next day. You have the emotion. It cycles through the body and then you get back up and you're on to the next thing. Just notice yourself in this freedom state where you can flow from one curiosity to the next. And start to feel that again in your body, that you have had those experiences. You know what it is to be in such a level of play and freedom and wonder that you can move effortlessly from one experience to the next. And some experiences are pleasurable and some are not. And you learn. And then you move to the next experience, then the next. And anytime you take a moment to be self-reflective like this, it's really good to give back to your body. So if you want to imagine that you have a beautiful, brilliant sun above your head, so bright and radiant, and this golden sun holds your unique energy signature. And when I say unique, I do mean unique. You are as unique as your fingerprint. There isn't a single other person on this planet that has your fingerprint who is vibrating at the exact same molecular frequency as you are right now, who has the exact life experiences that you have or is feeling precisely as you are from all of those cumulative experiences. Allow that golden sun to represent you, your energy and then just begin to melt it right down through your crown through your face through your shoulders all the way down through your arms filling up every single cell in your body with your energy all the way down through your chest your low belly your hips your legs your knees rolling down your calves filling you up all the way down to the tips of your toes when you're ready you can open your eyes a little wiggle and just notice what you notice. Your eyes open. Does the room appear different? Do you feel different? Feel a little calmer? Was there something from that memory bank that sparked you? Maybe you want to reflect on it later, write it down in your journal. So much of what we're doing here on this incredible ride here on planet earth is creating life experience 
and practicing with our awareness. It's how we invent new technology. We go, oh, what else would be fun to have to play with? What else would make life easier? How we learn about growing food in new ways. Oh, what if we did it like this? Or designing beautiful buildings or architecture. In all aspects of this incredible human experience, we're really in a process of curiosity, learning, and growth. And that starts with self-awareness. So being able to kind of calm yourself and bring yourself out of your analytical side and back into that quiet place where you realize that your emotions are neither good nor bad. They're informants. They're informing you about what needs more attention. Maybe it's time to put a little attention into your body. Your body's feeling upset or angry. Perhaps it needs food or water or more rest. Or maybe there's a really great feeling coming through and that's informing you too. Maybe your body loves movement and you're starting to get that wonderful feeling coming through moving it. So really being able to recognize and honor your emotions as they are coming up for you in any given situation and just ask that question. Why am I feeling this way right now? Is this something that I need to attend to in me? Or is this something outside of myself that I feel a pressure from? And from there, you get to be in choice and decide what to do about it. So that also allows your intuition to kind of kick back in and go, oh, actually, I do need to pivot and make a different choice. And I am speaking about this on a very personal level as individuals. This can inform business owners, leaders, anyone who is working with groups of people, because they get to now find center within themselves and then look outward to the collective and kind of see how does this group need to move in a direction where we're all staying in alignment towards a greater vision, especially when the business has a very clear vision that it's asking all of its employees to operate under. So the person who's leading, they get to find that center and then move the collective from there. And any person working with under the umbrella of that company gets to then decide, am I as an individual still aligned with this vision? Or have I grown beyond it? Or have I fallen away from it? And I can no longer support it with a deep level of integrity. And then they might need to move on to a new, a new job, a new position, a new opportunity that keeps them moving forward in their individual life. So intuition is so much more powerful than we realize because it can inform the way we set up our group dynamics, the way we set up our our functioning system. And it really can allow for every person to stay in a place of clarity and choice so that the collective energy around something such as a business keeps moving with, with like a group, a group energy instead of people who are in it and they're out of alignment and they're not honoring themselves and they're not 
listening to themselves and they show up every day full of resentment and disappointed and feeling like they're not on track with their life and they're digging their heels in because all they want is a paycheck and they don't want to contribute at the level of growth or their own creativity. They don't feel valued. They don't feel aligned anymore. So their intuition is informing them. If a person ignores their inner voice long enough, it can lead to complete system breakdown within their body. It can end up ill. It can end up in a, a state of unwellness and, and their whole body can start to fall apart. Wow. That's one of the reasons I love people, right? It's just the, the, the clarity and the depth of which you speak is absolutely amazing. And I, I really see how integrated this journey is and being able to pay attention to one's emotions is such a powerful uh, trusting factor and to listen to what's there. You know, so what, what you were talking about in, you know, it's really pointing towards the authenticity of oneself and awareness of oneself in such a way where we know and are able to listen to those little voices and those little hits inside of us that say, you know, the ones that feel good or they don't feel good and the emotions that come up that, you know, I know for myself, just learning to even like understand and, uh, and, and know what those emotions are and even stop for a second and be able to ask myself, okay, what's going on? Why do I feel weird? Am I, am I feeling uncomfortable? Am I anxious? Am I hungry? Do I just need more rest? But learning to uh, adjust and to self-regulate in such a way where like, okay, what's going on here? What do I really need right now? And how can I listen to and care for myself in such a way that I'm able to now show up as my fullest self, as, as being present and congruent with how I want to be in the situation and who I know myself to be. And I think the, this practice, particularly the grounding practice you just took us through and that I've been working with for the last several months in and of itself is so incredibly powerful and learning to use that on a daily basis. And even in situations where, you know, I may be out in the middle of something or even in the middle of a crowd, learning to even just kind of use those things to hone in. Okay. What's going on here? where's my energy what's happening am i is this is what i'm feeling right now is it mine or am i trying to take on somebody else's energy or is something else interacting with me and just the whole practice of grounding in and of itself is just so incredibly powerful to me and uh one which you know i you know i think you said one of your other clients said you could spend a, a lifetime on that one alone just learning how to really master that and it would be so worth the time and energy and effort to do so. What are, so Kate, I would love to hear from you. Like, what was that like for you? Yeah. Um, that was really beautiful. Thank you. Some of the things that I was left with was, um, a, one thing that's reoccurring. That was a good reminder and one sort of new thing. Um, the reoccurring reminder was about slowing down the thought. I think, it's cliche to even say the world we live in today is very fast paced and we're always kind of going from one thing to the next to fit all of our things into a day. And the, the taking the time to just slow down and connect was a beautiful reminder of a way to just stop and get present such that you can notice. It's almost like when you're, if you're late and you're missing your flight, 
you know, and you're running, you're not stopping to notice the beautiful artwork to the side of you, you know, or on, on the, in the hallway or hanging on the wall somewhere. So that was a, that was really beautiful. That came up for me. And the second thing was, um, the word that keeps coming up to describe it for me was a reminder about sort of the buoyancy resilience is probably not the right word, but buoyancy keeps coming to me of life. So when we were going through being a kid on the playground and falling and kind of getting up and going through the emotions is, um, you probably really, it's beautiful because it really came through in my question before, I think in that making a, these decisions, you know, are, it's so serious and it's so permanent and it's so heavy and it's so right. There was all of this tension with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in the, in the yeah. exercise, and it occurs that way sometimes for people. I mean, like, you know, I'm, I'm a great, I'm, I'm the first one to say I'm the student on the court, you know, like, do I move to pick up my stuff and move to another country? It sometimes, you know, it doesn't occur like just a, I quit my job, you know, do I, and start this business? Do I stay in this relationship or do I leave? You know, that these things are for people are very, tend to be those things, very serious and very permanent and really weighing the consequences, which is sometimes appropriate. I think like you mentioned, if you're the CEO of a company and you have to make a choice, like it could impact thousands of people, hundreds, thousands of people. So giving them the proper due diligence is and the respect that they deserve is beautiful. But however, um, back to what came up for me and the buoyancy of it was like, I've also, I noticed that I lose the, lose that edge, just like you said, in, in the, in the exercise of playfulness of like, oh, okay, well, let's go over here and try this. Um, oh, okay. Let's go over here and try this. Oh, okay. Let's go, you know, and just knowing that, like, whichever way it goes, it's all going to be okay. Um, and so, you know, I want to get it right and get it perfect. And in those cases, you, 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 you lose out on the whole beautiful picture um, a lot of times. And so that the buoyancy, and that's the word that's there for me. I don't know if that resonates or makes sense for anybody else, but that's, that's what came up for me. And it was like, oh, yeah, just do the thing because it's okay you know, you'll, you'll bounce back, so to speak, if it doesn't work or, uh, or it'll bounce you in another direction or it leads to the next thing or however it goes. Um, so those were two really beautiful things that came up for me during that exercise. Yeah. Yeah, I love the, I love the use of that word buoyancy because it is a, it's a good reminder of the lightness of being able to move through life. If you're really feeling very heavy and weighed down by all of your life decisions, and I, I want to be really clear here that life is at times very challenging and there can be some incredibly painful and intense emotional experiences, whether that's a death of a loved one or a breakup or, you know, some massive uh, shift in, in location that just feels very unsettling. It doesn't feel like a, a, an easy or light choice. There's so many things. So this isn't about... Um, any type of of override, like okay, I only need to stay in the lightness, and I'm just going to play my way through life. This is about how quickly can you return to a place where you feel free enough to move through your next choice. Uh, and that isn't to say that you just go, okay, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm going to shove that down. This is something our American culture is pretty good at: is 
is sort of running always towards the pleasure and avoiding the pain. And that's also part of the, the human operating system is how our bodies would prefer life, that we are in a state of joy and a state of bliss and feeling good. However, any experience that isn't that is absolutely informing you and helping you refine who am I? What do I really want? Uh, even a painful breakup can be just such a huge answer. You know, you can look at it and go, oh, how did I create that? What part of me wasn't aligned in that? Or what part of me chose somebody, you know, based on a certain need that I expected them to fulfill? Right. So there's this constant ability to kind of loop back around and check back in with yourself, even in the middle of really, really challenging and painful times. And I would say that those are some of the most informative times because then you get to use that manure of life to to break it down and, and have it be a fertilizer so you can grow something even better. So this is this is definitely about having trust that you will bounce back, you will have that buoyancy, and then flexing that emotional muscle so you get that strength and resiliency. And then no matter what's coming at you, you're like, okay, so this is showing up. Where am I? Am I aligned? Am I not aligned? Okay, it's time for me to slow down enough to check back in because maybe I've been on an overdrive. There are plenty of people who just because it's so acceptable we go into a kind of a passive creative mode where we just kind of inform ourselves that well going to work today going and playing because it's the weekend and these types of like passive cycles of creativity don't really allow a person to test and grow that inner resiliency it's kind of just a, a bit of groundhog's day you know just kind of going at it at life one foot in front of the other without ever looking up to see what else is possible. Yeah, I, I would really love to touch on a couple of things you just said there, Mariah, because I, I, it's so relevant to my own life. And what I've been going through the last several months, as you know, is is that the deep emotional pain on a lot of levels from everything from, you know, breakups to uh, discovering recently that my mother has cancer and this work on a daily basis, well, it has not been easy. I have honestly struggled more emotionally in the last several months than I have in quite some time in my life. However, the practices of grounding and learning to trust my intuition have been absolutely invaluable in those moments where you know I'm feel I don't feel as needy as I once used to. Like I need to talk to somebody. I need to reach out. I need to somebody else to help me to get out of this and the using the processes we you know and specifically even the grounding one to work through some of these emotions on my own to stop to be still to slow down for a moment because I have a tendency to go into like super chatter mode and sometimes freak out and wonder what's happening or become obsessive about you know my emotions or why something did or didn't happen and what somebody did or didn't do to me and why things went down the way they didn't, you know, it just gets into this really downward spiral where the process of grounding has just helped to stop, to be still, 
and listen to that little inner voice and seeing what's going to happen and also looking for the opportunities of where life is showing up for me and following it. So on the lighter side of things, it's also been really fun to say, okay, what do I really want right now? What do I really need? And then, you know, stop for a second and really listen. Okay. You know what I really want today? I'm actually going to go to a coffee shop at work and we'll find what happens is, you know, I'll run into a friend that I had no idea that I, that um, I would run into or had no expectations of seeing, or, you know, I end up going to, um, Oh God, I went to this one place one night. I went out to go dancing with some friends. I was supposed to meet some people there. The people that I was supposed to meet totally stood me up. But turns out when I get to this place, I actually knew the people at the door. I ended up, I was, you know, I got in line. There's another friend right behind me. I ended up getting in for free to the whole event. Like the, it just was one of those things. It was like, I trusted that I was going there kind of on a whim, but it was like, oh, this is the right thing to do right now. And what showed up was everything was perfect. And, you know, I got it for free. I saw my friends. I danced. I had a great time, even though the original plan totally got botched. So it's been really cool to see how the, um, the listening of intuition and paying attention to it can really meld and mold into all sorts of things. And you can have a lot of fun with it too. So it's been really cool to you see it as a tool and working around like some of the, the more challenging, difficult parts of life and the really, you know, deeply painful emotional parts, but also the, the lighter side of life and where it can be a lot of fun just to listen and say, and like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to go over here right now. Or, you know what I want to do right this moment? No, actually, you know what? I want Chinese food today. And then just go that. And then I find that even that little bit feeds my soul because that's actually what I really want instead of being, no, 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 no. I shouldn't eat Chinese because it's heavy or it's unhealthy or whatever it is, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. That was just like a, a little diatribe on how this has actually played out in some of this work I've seen work personally, how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I work with a lot of uh, individuals who are high achieving and very ambitious and they're out in the world creating, you know, big, big projects, leading teams, they run their own companies, you know, or they're also parents. So they have other smaller humans who are looking to them for information and guidance. And when a person has that uh, inner driver and it's really turned on pretty high, it's like, okay, I've got a lot that I know I'm here to create and I'm going to go out and I'm going to do it. Sometimes in all of that enthusiasm, then they're just, they're just running. They're just running through life and never stopping to slow down enough to check in. And that's okay. That can lead to hitting a brick wall at 90 miles an hour though. So we're just like pushing all the way forward with our, our energy and our attention. Um, so being able to, to slow down and check in with yourself in all these daily decisions, like you said, even where do I, uh, where would I like to eat today? I play a game when I go to a restaurant where sometimes if I'm feeling like I don't quite, there isn't one thing that I'm particularly excited about eating. I don't know. Or maybe the menu is really, really long. It's one of those menus that has three pages and I don't feel like reading it all. I'll just close my eyes and I'll get really quiet and I'll ground my body and I'll say, okay, body, what do you need right now? What would you like to have that would allow you to feel revitalized, that would give you all the energy that you need? So not what would you like in terms of like a treat or a reward, but really what's going to be the most nutritious and satisfying. And then I'll open my eyes and very often I'll find that 
two or three things just kind of pop right out of the menu because I've grounded myself. I've grounded the menu. I've just sat in stillness for just a few seconds, just, just enough where nobody else in that restaurant matters, not the, the company I keep. It's just for me in that moment to make a choice. And then I'll look and I'll have a couple options. Just a game that I play. And it is incredible since I started playing this game that the item that shows up before me tastes so delicious. Might not even be anything I had intended to eat. But I find that it's always the thing that's so satisfying. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty much 100 for 100 on that one. So that's, that's a silly example, but it's a great example because all of our choices matter. What we feed ourselves, how much sleep we get, how hydrated we are, you know, how we use our bodies, whether we're being passive or active, whether we're an override, if you're at the gym doing reps and you've totally lost track of even listening to your body as you make that motion, you're instead you're just counting and forcing and you've lost track with your alignment and your structural alignment as you move through it. You know, as you could slow down a little and just check back in and be like, okay, maybe I need to shift my elbow back a little. All these micro decisions matter, but not to be an overwhelm, to actually lean back into a place where if you just put a tiny bit of attention and awareness, very often the answer is right there. It's just waiting to be the question to be asked so that the answer can appear. And uh, it can show up in these little uh, seemingly, you know, not, not that interesting. You know, it's not like you're trying to change the world with what you eat for lunch that day. But in truth, if it's informing your energy level, it can impact your greater decision-making, which can impact your power of influence and the way that you show up for your family, the way you show up for your friends, your community, your job, all of these things. So all of our decisions matter. And slowing down just enough to get clarity can be a huge, huge answer. Um, Yeah, take... Go ahead, Kate. I have a tangential question. Um, do you use or recommend anybody use like tools like a pendulum or anything like that? I brought a pendulum with me and I can't tell. I haven't sat long enough to decide if we're going to, when we're going to start playing together or not. But do you use any tools like that or different ones? Or is it all just really like kinesthetic and, and, and internal work? I love that question. I, I actually have a very sort of an unusual meandering journey of the soul myself and uh, found myself in, in high school working in a gem and crystal store. And that was a place where people were constantly, you know, trying to tap into other energies. You know, do, do I buy this crystal? Do I buy that crystal? So customers would come in with pendulum uh, and then run their pendulum over their purchases to see what they wanted. They'd also come in and ask for muscle testing, which is a process of, of pushing with resistance against somebody's arm in order to see if their kind of their subconscious is tracking around what they want. Um, so I think that there are different systems that you can use to inform yourself about a decision. And I've watched people, you know, be really satisfied with, the results they got and be like, okay, yeah, good. My pendulum said this, or my muscle testing said by that. However, I guess for me personally, what I realized is I, I'm better served to 
go inward with the question than to seek for the answer outside of myself. And so sometimes external tools, um, it's as if we're not willing to fully trust ourselves. So we put all the attention and focus on this external object and then kind of go, okay, well, that, that object now is going to give me my answer not realizing that you're giving yourself the answer. So I personally just like to go back into a quiet place. And, and again, I, you know, 17 plus years of playing with these tools and practicing going into uh, an inner kind of that inner playground and asking myself those questions. At first it was a very slow journey. I'd sit and meditate for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, sometimes longer. And now I can get answers very, very quickly. And I like to say that life moves at the speed of trust. And so the more trust you are in with yourself because you're connected to your answer, that's how quickly you can decide and take action. And so <laughs> it's, it's kind of no wonder to me. I look at the word trust, T-R-U-S-T, you, you are in the middle of trust. So being able to come back into a place of trusting yourself. Um, so tools can be really, really fun, especially while you're building up that confidence. But at some point, you could close your eyes and imagine an inner pendulum swinging back and forth and put those two objects there in your mind's eye and let that pendulum swing towards the one that you want more without having to use the tangible object. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I had understood before or had tried to incorporate the idea that the tool was, I was actually more seeing how I responded to the answer that the tool seemed to give. For instance, if I pull a tarot card in the morning, it's not like, you know, we talked about this on, we did a horoscopes episode. It's not that the horoscope is telling me, it's how, how do I feel about the result that I've gotten Does that communicate mm -hmm. like, do I, yeah. like I, I, there was one example where it was like, okay, mm -hmm. full remember I told you I went a few years ago on this hunt to how do I make better decisions? Like it was like a serious quest and, um, just sounds hilarious <laughs> now, but, um, so one of the things was like, you know, write, write the out two outcomes that are po possible outcomes on paper and fold them up and put them in a hat and then pull one. And then but do a check-in for yourself when you open it as like, how do you feel about that being the response that you pulled, not whichever one you pull you're now like committed to. <laughs> you're reminding me of that game that kids used to play where they'd fold up paper and they'd have answers on the inside and then fold it into like a little um, like a, yeah, like a fortune yeah, cookie thing, and you do, yeah. do the do the numbers one, two, three, four. Count out how many numbers, then move to the next answer, and move, and then eventually you'd open up the paper, and it would have the answer. And it, w I'm just thinking about having played this game with other little kids when I was small, and how sometimes the answer was, oh no, I didn't want that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh yeah. I played that game and I could plan, I knew how to fold the paper so well that I could plan out getting the answers that I wanted <laughs> by writing them in the correct places. And that's a great illustration of how we always 
ultimately we always know. We do know. We know at a deeper level. And that's mm-hmm. that gut check is that you, you go, this is what I really want, but I'm not willing to admit it to myself. Maybe your analyzer is coming in and giving you all these parameters. Well, you shouldn't do that on a Tuesday because at 1045, the traffic is like this. And, you know, it's trying to inform you with all this metadata that while it's relevant, it, it doesn't have all of the information. It's kind of like, you know, people talk about the energy of, of a miracle. What is a miracle? Well, a miracle, kind of like a simple definition, is something showing up even better than you could have imagined. Something you couldn't even imagine, like the outcome, or you're hoping for an outcome to be great, but then it shows up even even more dramatically better than you could have imagined. You're like, wow, it's a miracle. Like, how did that happen? How did I get green lights all the way, you know, in time to catch the ferry? Like, there are so many mini miracles that can happen in the course of a day where if we go into a place of trusting and staying in a place of like, yes, this is going to work out. This is absolutely working out to serve me. This is working out in the, in the best possible outcome for right now based on what I, where I'm at and what I know. Then life sometimes just unfolds. And it's almost as if when you're playing that Chinese, that little like uh, finger, game that there's like a hidden answer in there that you didn't even know one that got scripted in by your your higher self your soul that didn't come from your analyzer trying to like you know challenge yourself to count exactly three so that you would get four so that would it open up on the answer of yes you know so (laughs) I mean I'm getting a little esoteric here but just kind of like bring it back down to a very uh very simple and and pragmatic way. And, and even for those scientists out there listening, there is, um, there's so much beautiful research going on right now around neuroplasticity and our brain's ability to form new neural pathways based on our life experience. And the awareness that when you have a life experience that you interpret as being painful or uncomfortable, then it sets up the signal in the brain. And, you know, the easiest illustration here is when you're a little kid and you go and you touch fire and it's hot and you don't like the sensation of burning your flesh, then you go, oh, I'm not going to touch that again. I don't like that and I don't want that. And it hurts me. So your brain now knows that fire is, excuse me, fire is not the thing to go stick your hand into, (laughs) you know? And with with any situation that we have in life, we're getting those constant uh, feedback loops. But often, the the ways that we're forming our neural pathways are built around emotionally charged experience. And you come into a situation um, where you see two people having a heated debate. If your emotional <clears throat> set point for that heated debate is, oh, they're just in an intellectual exchange. And you sit there and you watch it and it doesn't affect you emotionally. But maybe if you had come from a background where anytime two people got into a debate, one of them would eventually explode and you know become violent, then you may be showing up 
with the neural pathway informing you that every time people get into these types of arguments or these types of debates, that it's going to go the way of an extreme uh, explosion. So your nervous system might start going, oh, I don't like this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to witness this. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going into fear. I'm going into resistance. Please, I don't want to see that again. So two people can observe the exact same situation and have a different emotional uh, reaction based on how their life experiences have gone. And so if, if one person has all of this charge around an experience and, and, and they're they're starting to feel fear in their body. That's very, very real for them as it's very real that the other person just goes, oh, interesting. I see what they're doing. Oh, fascinating. Okay. And neither person is more correct on what they're sensing or perceiving in that situation. They're just having different unique life experiences. So how do we come into a place of rapport where we, we can communicate about it and really trust that what one person felt and the other person felt is true. Well, that's part of that awareness, that self-awareness. One person goes, oh yeah, I have no charge around this. The other goes, I have a huge charge around this because now that I've taken a minute to look at it, I realize that I have a whole history of watching people have violent eruptions when they get into an argument or when they get into a debate. And I don't like that. And I'm scared that it will happen again. And I am going to inform my body right now by grounding, calming it down, that it's safe, that I'm well, that I'm not five years old watching my parents fight, that I'm not 13 watching the bully on the playground pick on the other kid until he beats him up, that I'm actually an adult standing here right now in present time observing a situation that I've never seen before between these two individuals. And I'm open to the possibility that the outcome could be different. So I'm going to allow myself to feel these feelings. I'm going to feel some of this fear coming up. I'm going to let it cycle through my body. And then I'm going to inform myself. I'm going to tell my own brain, it's okay. You're safe. Just pay attention. Just notice what you're feeling. Just ground out any of that old feeling because that emotion that's being triggered is not accurate for what's happening in the moment. It's like an echo of what was, what was informed in the past. So it is possible that you could put on a fireproof glove and touch fire and have your hand all the way in the fire and not get burned. But you would have changed the situation by putting on the glove. You could be staring at your arm in the fire, not getting burned. So that part of this is you can change the way that you perceive the situation. Allow for the old emotions to come through your body and cycle all the way out and through. Come back into resolution. And then find neutral and be able to observe again. Like, oh, this is what's happening. And I don't have to be afraid. And I can just watch and see what these two people decide to do. Right, so it's really about moving the emotional charge off of the situation such that you actually have some facility and some real choice as opposed to a reaction over what's going on. Yeah, and so the reaction 
that is where people fall out of connection with themselves and don't trust themselves because they're in such a heightened emotional state that they feel like they can't be clear about what, what's really true in the situation, what's accurate, I should say, in the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I know for myself, there's been situations in the last several months that have showed up where, you know, I feel my body being activated. I can feel this, you know, an anxiety or a tension or even fear show up in certain situations. But what's been really interesting is to be able to see it and to notice it and to, okay, it's there. It's present. I'm having this experience. Allow for that experience to really be there and really feel it. And sometimes it's really freaking uncomfortable, but feeling and allowing yourselves to feel it, allowing myself to work through it in the moment or, or, you know, or or as in the moment as possible, just has it dissipate so much faster. And if I try to be like, okay, well, I shouldn't be angry about like this, this, you know, there was a situation that showed up that I was pretty pissed about and um, lately. And I just was, you know, trying to stuff down the anger and be like, nope, I shouldn't be angry about this. And I choose to take a higher road and be a bigger person about it. But what was there was anger. And so what I did was I just, you know, I was in my own place and I just decided to say whatever it was that was on my mind, which was not pretty and things I would normally not say to human beings. Um, and, but you know, there were things that I just, I just let it go and I just let it rip. And I was able to process and feel that anger in a way where it wasn't doing hurting anybody. It wasn't hurting me and it was getting out. And then I was able to actually really see the situation clearly. to like move through the, through this emotion and then like, okay, back to center. Now what? Let's like take a look at this and see what is this actually going on here? Is this something that says, is this an appropriate thing to even be feeling right now? Right. And to, to start to look at things more objectively. So it's a really um, powerful place to start to have uh, sovereignty and ownership over our own lives and how we, how we are in any given situation, you know, cause when we're up to stuff in life, Things are going to show up. We're going to have challenges. People are going to do things that we cannot control that, you know, that are going to be upsetting or um, perhaps difficult or betrayal, so to speak. You know, like or somebody does something that goes in against agreement or they break, break a promise. You know, all this stuff is going to happen. And I think what's been really valuable about working through all these processes is learning how to handle them in a way that when it does happen doesn't derail me doesn't throw me into a slump or you know into three days of funk it's like okay i may feel it for a few hours or an hour or maybe five minutes it depends on the situation and the severity of it but um it just has things get worked out so much quicker um i i i have a thought we always leave our listeners with um, like an assignment. Uh, I know you guys don't like that word. I don't know if we've come up with, but like a practice or something to do between now and the time or between them listening to this and the next episode. And, and I feel like we've chatted a bit about some like you know, defensive is not the right word, but you know, some like in the moment things, but is there anything that you have that you would give um, for ourselves too, and the listeners to take on during the next week to help them develop 
their intuition a little bit deeper, maybe on a daily level, or it might just be, you know, could really be anything, but something that they can practice like as an assignment between now and the, and the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, there's so many different practices, but there are some that are just kind of like a nice, simple place to start. And like you had said before, we are in a very busy and fast paced time. Everything seems to be speeding up quite a bit. So slowing down a little is a great place to begin. Um, and as you get more efficient at, at being able to connect to yourself and get those answers quickly, then you can speed back up again. So it's not like a whole lifetime of having to slow way down. It's slowed down long enough that you've been able to integrate and quickly tap back into to your own answers. Um, so this is this is a journey of body and emotions and your your mind, those life experiences that you've created that you know have you believing things to be a certain way, which can be change as you bring in new information, create new life experience, you can form new neural pathways. Uh, and then it's also a journey of your higher consciousness or what I call the soul, which is that part of you that really wants to keep learning and playing and growing and experiencing and, and being in a flow state. You know, this <clears throat> spirit is effortless, effortless creation, right? It's our bodies that need a little bit of like a little action and effort to go in. So a very simple practice is to set a timer for two minutes and to begin by doing breath, breath work, just a little bit of breathing in for four and out for four in a few cycles. I know we can actually do this right now. We'll just do the, the practice. And that way, if anybody wants to re-listen to this, as a little bit of their two-minute guide, then we can. So the idea is to connect with your body first. Really thank it. Thank your beautiful body for putting up with you and, and going through all the different mental gymnastics and physical activities and emotional roller coasters that you put it through. Just breathing in for four. One, two, three, four. And out for four. One, two, three, four. And again. And again. Reoxygenizing your blood, calming your nervous system, bringing yourself into a place of awareness. And with your eyes closed, you can begin to imagine that you have this grounding cord connecting you to the center of the planet. And if you're feeling like your day's been full of a lot of challenges, maybe you want to sit on a big toilet, just keep hitting flush, <laughs> just flush all of those <laughs> challenges. Down. <laughs> The longest drain system down to the center of the planet. And just letting the, the center of the planet be a great recycler so that any energy that's not yours goes back to whomever it belongs to. We really operate best with our own energy information and frequency. So just sitting there on your, your toilet, <laughs> flushing, 
Mm. Well, you can use anything. Waterfall, great big tree, a water slide. Maybe a little bit of amusement is helping. And just notice your bioenergetic field that's all around you. That energy is kind of radiating out of your body. And just bring that bubble in nice and close. Foot away from you all around in all directions. Tuck it right into that grounded connection. Either into the toilet seat or into the tree you're perched in. Just set it on release. Notice all that energy starting to drain right out of you. Anything that's not yours. Sometimes we give other people our energy and attention. They give us theirs. Ultimately, for this exercise, you just want to be operating in that quiet, still space of your own truth, your own information. Good. So as you notice your body starting to calm down, your bubbles starting to release anybody else's attention, expectations, demands, curiosities, questions. Say, thank you. Here you go. Here's your energy back. I'm continuing to breathe. Good. I think we'll just add to this a little bit. With your eyes closed. You can put up a stoplight. It has two colors, red and green. We all like to play that game as a little kid. A lot of us, red light, green light. And looking at that red light and that green light, ask a question. Body, do you need some more exercise today? Notice if it gives you a red light or a green light. Do you need food? Do you need some more water? You can start with just very kindergarten beginner questions and then follow that. If it says yes, then give your body what it needs. And as you start to build out your clarity and trust in this practice, you can deepen it and go into solving some of those bigger questions like, do I move to Spain or do I stay right here? But for now, just staying in kindergarten, in immediacy and in the simple clarity. Yes, no, red light, green light. And then follow it with action. And remember always as you're just grounding out everybody else's attention and all of those decisions, sitting in that stillness, that you want to fill back up again that bright, beautiful golden sun above your head. And since it is your energy, you can inform it however you'd like to. Maybe you'd like to sprinkle a little bit of miracle energy in that something surprises and delights you today. Or perhaps you're really focused on productivity. So just pour a little productivity into that golden sun. And always remembering to 
dump a good handful of love in there too. Self-love. Just melt that golden sun right down through your head. Really watching it flow all the way down, observing it, feeling it as a sensation, seeing yourself get lighter and brighter. Just noticing all the heavy parts, the tension and the stress starting to melt away as this golden sun just heats and softens. And bringing all of the permission, the love, the freedom, the ability to trust yourself right into this golden sun. Filling up every single cell as it moves through your chest, down the shoulders, down the arms, filling in your low belly, filling in your hips and your thighs, all the way down to your knees, calves to the very bottoms of your feet. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes, just give a little wiggle. And in that short amount of time, having created a stillness and a peace, and at the very least, just saying hello to you, only you, no one else. Just your energy. Little by little, that builds the confidence and the certainty that you are worthy of this care and attention, that you're worthy of this level of certainty, and that you really are the one who gets to decide how your day goes, what it is you're here to create, and how you want to feel as you move through life. Well, that was brilliant. Per usual. <laughs> Absolutely love the, just the practice of slowing down. It's been such a beautiful thing. So for all the listeners out there, you can take some time, listen to this over again, and go through the meditation yourself and then actually really practice it. So don't take our word for it. Use this. Uh, take it out into your life and uh, see, the, see how it's working for you and let us know how it's going. We'd love to hear how these practices are actually affecting your daily life. So feel free to comment, let us know, send us a message. We're absolutely interested in how this is working in your own life and what, what's working and what's not working and let us know so we, can, um, so we can be here as a resource for you to help to develop your own life and your own intuition even further. And uh, Mariah, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for just being on here and for being amazing as usual and for always being that grounding, centering, lovely human being you are. I absolutely love and respect you. And, um, you know, we, and Kate, do you have any last, uh, last thoughts here? No, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you coming on. That was, um, it was really uh, beautiful, everything that you shared and taking us through the exercises. In real time, I can't wait to hear the feedback from our listeners. So thank you. Mm, beautiful. Appreciate you. Oh, you're so welcome. Th thank you guys for having me and for opening up these topics for everybody so they really can live into the most blessed life that they have. And of course, if anyone has any more questions or they're curious, they can always find me at mariahsievers.com or on Facebook or on Insta or on Twitter. I'm all over the place. I got good algorithms this lifetime. So Feel free to, to reach out if you have a curiosity or something didn't quite land and you're wondering, I'm available. And we will put those links down below this episode in the show notes, guys, too. So thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in today. And we will see you on the next All right. Episode. Until next time.